tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent, likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. We are in the same place once again. We don't get to do this too often, Daniel, but we get to. We are recording together at the same place, and I think it will be noticeable in the audio because. Uh, Sometimes it gets a little difficult to edit the, our two parts together. And uh, it, it's a magical moment when we are recording in the same area. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very magical moment. So I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I mean, this is, you know, they <laughs> when it was posted earlier last week, the whole uh, CW is coming back with all their shows. <laughs> I, I posted the whole... Uh, in the fetal position because I was I was scared. There's a lot of shows coming back. There's a lot of things to watch. I think we can. I personally think I can juggle all the shows. But now, Mitch, you have like seven different projects going on at once. <laughs> you are a madman. I don't know how you will survive this. Oh, we. I will persevere. I guess is the only thing that I will. I can say. Uh, if it kills me, then it kills me. But. <laughs> We will keep we will keep this going as long as we can. Um, oh, I you know I didn't even look up any uh, articles of news this week. Did you did you see anything that was uh, of interest? Um, I saw the Suicide Squad trailer. Ooh, so what did you think of Suicide Squad? Uh, Suicide Squad. Uh, be completely honest. I mean, I'm more excited for this movie than I am Batman Superman. You know, I I have to say I'm right there too. I am more excited for this than Batman Superman. However, I don't think I was sold with that last with this newest trailer. I, I don't feel that uh, it was the best showing that they could have gave. I'm not impressed either. Uh, didn't draw me, to, you know, to want to go see it even more. The hype was not there. Um, who knows, maybe there's a lot of material that they don't want to give out or spoil. Um, and I mean, I know that they reveal a little bit more of the Joker, which is probably something that the fans did want. Um, but yeah, did not impress me at all. There we go. For some reason, my mouse got stuck. I don't know, or the mouse pad got stuck. Um, no, I'm right there with you. Um, there, I feel, and I know other people feel this way because um, I've talked to them. But <laughs> I think that they are trying too hard to um, to be DC's comic or DC's Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, right down to the right down to prominent pro- predominant music in the trailer you know right uh and which i mean isn't isn't exactly a bad thing i i do like guardians of the galaxy that was a great movie but i don't want them to just shoehorn in characteristics from the guardians of the galaxy into uh the the rogues from suicide squad like you can definitely tell that captain boomerang is going to be the drax 
you know, of the of the group. And it's I think Captain Boomerang has a little bit more characteristic to him than just being Drax. Right, I completely agree. Um, something else, I mean, from the preview, I guess it's. I personally feel it's too many main characters at once. I don't know it, how they're all going to shuffle it in all together, make it work, if one of them's going to, you know, obviously seal the show, which probably will happen. There, You know, you're right. It's, there's a, a lot of characters that are going to have to be in that movie. I mean, Scott Eastwood's in the movie. You see him in the trailer, like, twice at glimpses, but you have no idea whose character he is, whether or not he is playing Deathstroke. That's already a character there. There's supposed to be a Hugo Strange character in there somewhere. Uh, I mean, just... The, the the amount of people is is ridiculous. And then um you know, and I will agree with you the whole Guardians of the Galaxy, even with the uh introductions for all the characters are like, Alright, so you got somebody that burns people. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kinda like the lineup scene in uh in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. But yeah, that's I guess that was the big thing that, that we got that trailer. We got some footage from uh Wonder Woman. Yes. Uh, what do you think of that? We got we, we we're seeing them definitely. It's definitely going to be more. It's going to be World War One time I, era. I like it, um, and of course, you know, we have to see the slow mo fight scenes. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that's getting old. It worked for Watchmen. Obviously, we're going to see some of that uh, in Dawn of Justice. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, getting old now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, slow mo fight scenes are one thing, and they could it could uh, get a little uh, over the top. But uh, I don't think there was enough to really make me go one way or the other with the the footage that they showed. I mean, obviously it wasn't a trailer; it's just some some footage. But uh, I'm glad they're making a Wonder Woman movie. I can, yeah. I'll give you that. Whether or not I believe she should have been the the one they they cast as Wonder Woman is a different story altogether. Uh, I still think they should have been Gina Grano, but that's just me. Uh, who was it? Uh, they oh, Lauren Cohen. She is going to be uh, Martha Wayne in the Batman v Superman movie. Like, I guess the flashbacks to the Batman origins of Thomas and Martha Wayne being shot. That's uh, Martha Wayne's going to be played by Maggie from The Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. It's kind of funny because Thomas Wayne is being played by Negan from The Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's right. I mean, honestly, do we need another Batman origin story? No. You know what I think? It's funny because we've seen in the trailer already the footage of uh, Thomas Wayne stepping in front of the bullets and stuff like that. So if they're just now uh, uh, announcing that Lauren Cohen is playing... uh, uh, Martha Wayne. I wonder if they they went and reshot some things where maybe they're giving maybe not the 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 shooting of the parents, but like uh, um, I don't know, maybe Martha Wayne sat young Bruce down at some point and talked to him about something. You know, usually we see Thomas Wayne talk to talk to Bruce in the past, like the infamous uh, "Why do we fall down?" You know, or yeah, yeah, so yeah. we can learn to get back up speech in uh, the movie. So. What do you? Uh, that's that's interesting. It's interesting that they would come out and just talk about that, right? I've even 
Yeah, I'm trying to go back to Gotham, and Gotham it was just that scene where they the parents get gunned down. There hasn't really been much involvement with the parents, so I honestly don't know what's going to happen with Batman Superman. Well, I think uh, we are just having to count down those days until Batman v Superman, which is, you know, what two months away. And uh, well, but but the more important one is Daredevil. Deadpool was a month away. Yes, so or less than a month now. That's awesome. I can't wait for that. Uh, anything else? We, um, I think we will be in LA the weekend it comes out. So. That's true. I don't know. If, I, mean, I don't know how I'm going to watch it, but you're right. I'm going to be in LA that weekend. I will be too. Um, I think I might just suck it up and pay the overpriced LA ticket prices and see it there. <laughs> I think we might just have to do that. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Well, like like we said at the beginning of this, we have a lot of shows. We have Supergirl to, to talk about, um, Arrow, Agent Carter, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I think that's it. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, and as you you told me before we started recording, you were not able to get a to watch the episode of uh, Supergirl that came out this week. Right. But that is okay. Um, if I can uh, recall what it is that the episode was about, we it starts off really cool. I thought it was because they had the idea of, uh, or it's it's got uh, Martian Manhunter flying with um, Supergirl, and you know, like we were talking about, you know, him being more of a mentor to her, and she uh, she they're flying around. And he's like, I can really tell you, teach you how to uh, compensate when when flying, when you know certain things happen and stuff. So I thought that was a really cool, cool little scene. Uh, but then we go on to find out that John uh, John says that he can't the he can't use his powers too often. He doesn't want to uh, use them that often, which I understand from a TV point of of the show. The, the, they don't want the show to focus on him and his powers. They want to focus on Supergirl and her powers. But they've given the stipulation that he wants to stay in human form as long as he can, and uh, because he's he's gone around in the Martian form before and it. it caused a lot of problems and got people hurt so he, the he stays in human form as much as he can which is his Hank Henshaw persona and uh, if he uses his powers which you know telepathy speed or uh, flight flight uh, intangibility all those things if he uses those powers he's gonna get locked in his Martian manhunter uh, persona or form and he doesn't want to do that so huh. they've given that little stipulation in this episode. Okay. Um, but Alex does convince him to go to uh, Maxwell Lord's uh, company, or Lord Industries, or whatever it's called, and uh, find out what's in room 52, which is the room that uh, when uh, Jimmy was trying to break into, got, got himself beat up and thrown out. So he shapeshifts into Maxwell Lord's shape while Max is actually on a date with Alex and they're having dinner. And uh, while he's in there, he he phases through the door into the room. And he, that's where he sees uh, the Jane Doe character, which I assume is the same character you were talking about from the after credit scene. Right. And it, uh, it, it, she, her name's, they just have her as Jane Doe. And he goes, what is, what has he done to her? And then all of a sudden her eyes open and they're just completely black. 
And then a security guard busts in and says, oh, uh, sorry, Mr. Lord, I didn't know you were here. And he goes, that's fine. Uh, I need you to take this girl out of here. And she, he's like, well, that's against the the Phoenix rule or something like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, what is the Phoenix, you know? And the guy goes, why don't you tell me? And so the security guard basically figures out that it's not actually Maxwell Lord, but then Martian Manhunter being Martian Manhunter, he like totally uh, knocks him out and then wipes his memory. And then you come to find out that he wiped all of the guy's memory, not just like the moment of oh. Martian Manhunter being there. He, like, he doesn't remember his kid, he doesn't remember his wife, he doesn't remember his childhood. Like the guy is completely blank slate, so that's why he was—he's really uh, afraid of using his powers, which I thought was really incredible uh, piece to throw in there as, uh, as a part of Martian Manhunter. Um, then uh, what happens with Supergirl this episode is she is really caught up with the Toy Man. The Toy Man, or Win Win's uh, father, breaks out of prison. Oh, okay. And he actually does, I mean, what he does to break out is pretty cool. I mean, I don't know why they would give the Toy Man toys in prison, but they did. He has a yo-yo that has, like, shuriken blades on it, and he kills guards with that, and uh, he gets out, and he uh, is basically going after the guy who uh, ran the company that fired him when he was be- before. And then he, he tried to blow that guy up, but he ended up, killing six other people and he went to jail for that. But Wynn is very much uh, you know, afraid of his father. He's but it's not so much that he's afraid of his father, he's afraid of becoming his father. He doesn't want anything to do with the guy, even though I, I think it was weird that he kept he kept the the same name. But he uh he doesn't want to uh be associated with his father at all. But the the FBI, which is is uh, the the leader of the FBI group is his agent Chase, which is a DC character. You know she's been around for quite a while. Uh, same thing, FBI agent tracks down uh, uh, metas usually or villains or superheroes. She's very much involved in the superhero world, but doesn't have superpowers. It's kind of like the opposite of uh, Jessica Jones, where he, she has superpowers but doesn't want to be involved in the superhero world. Okay. Uh, so the episode is is a lot about um, you know, Kara having to try and trying to help Win and and stop uh, the Toy Man from killing more people. Uh, Win basically in a moment of vulnerability, opening himself up to Kara, uh, goes in for the kiss and kisses her and she rejects him and it's very heartbreaking and he's very distraught about it and then. You know, once the end of the episode comes around that they they beat they capture the toy man. Uh, she tries to bring it up, and he's like, "Look, I can't be around you anymore. I, I've you know I can't just go back to being uh, you know just friends. I, I I I have feelings for you, and you don't have feelings for me. So there's nothing that we can do about this." Uh, but then the very end of the episode is Maxwell Lord looking at the. Uh, looking at the surveillance um, security cameras and seeing uh, basically himself in the security camera phase through a door. <laughs> so he knows that there's somebody uh, that has powers that was messing around in his, uh, his uh, building. And then he also planted a camera in Alex's purse. 
So huh. he knows that Alex and Supergirl are now our sisters. Wow. Because Supergirl is way too lax with her secret identity, <laughs> goddammit. I've said this many times. So that's uh, that's basically the episode in a nutbag. Nutbag. Nutshell. Seems like I missed a lot, though. It seemed like a really good episode. It, you know, it was a lot of information in this episode. Was it good? Mm, it's it, it can go either way. It was 50-50. Uh, but there was a lot of information given out. So, I like this these story. I do. I'll give you this. I do like these stories better than the the episodes that have to deal with her aunt and and the other Kryptonians. I, I, those stories, I don't know. I, I'm I'm finding a little boring right now. Okay. See, I I just want to say one thing about Martian Manhunter. Uh, the weird thing, but I guess this is just a direction that the show decided to go in, is um in Young Justice. Uh, 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 Martian Manhunter's niece can actually read Kryptonian minds, but when last week's episode, you know, uh, Martian Manhunter was like, "No, um, you know, I can. It, I, my powers never worked on Kryptonians before." Yeah, they've. Um, I think they've vastly depowered uh, Martian Manhunter in the show, just so that he's not as uh, you know he doesn't overshadow Kara because like. If he's too powerful, then why, what's the point of having her there? You know, true. So that, this is I, I understand what they're doing with him. I just really enjoy the fact that he's on the show and that he, uh, you know, has such a, a great part and he looks cool. Like the his the CGI for him looks amazing. So I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, he does look awesome. And I mean, another reason you're happy he's on there is probably because you were right and you called it. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. We can bring that up as many times as we want. But uh, uh, yeah, that's that's Supergirl for the week. Um, I, I assume you did watch Flash, though. Yes. All right, let's get on with the with Flash then. Did you expect that opening sequence to be uh, a nightmare? Oh uh, well, I, I, I okay. So the opening sequence, you know, it starts off with him running in there, and he has the flowers the flowers on fire, and then he's like, he's like beating you is like being struck by lightning a second time. I was like, wait a second. He told her when. When did this happen? This last we heard, he he hadn't told her. But then, oh yeah, once once Zoom ca- grabbed her, I was like, oh, okay, it's all a dream sequence. Which then, you know, he, you see him waking up in the from in bed with her and stuff like that, and he's all panicky and he's like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna go with the whole uh, Barry Allen talks in his sleep because that's how Iris Allen originally in the comic books found out that Barry Allen was the Flash because in his sleep he told like he talked in his sleep and. She heard him. She heard him say that that he was the Flash. Wow! So I thought maybe they were going to go with that, but they ended up not going with that in this episode. Or, or Star Wars, you know? Star Wars because of uh, you know Anakin having those nightmares about his mom <laughs> and then Padme. <laughs> yes, it, it could have went that way, or it kind of did. So I think I didn't like this episode all that much. Okay, I'm not the only one. I felt like everything was really forced. I feel like we got really good. Um, you know, Harry was really good. And we're calling him Harry because Harry's a dick and he's from World 2. <laughs> um, and Cisco, I think uh, their performances were awesome. But I felt like all the other emotion sequences, all the other scenes were just really, really forced. Yeah, there was so much going on in this episode too. And like, I I really enjoyed the turtle. 
I yeah. like him as a villain. I thought this is an incredible, uh, you know, opposite villain for the Flash. You know, one that he, he's not super fast, but he makes everybody super slow. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like this whole the whole everything with Patty Spivet. Then there's Joe and Wally, and then there was uh, uh, what's her name. Um, Killer Frost. What's her oh, name? Uh, Caitlin. Caitlin. Caitlin and uh, and uh, Jay Garrick. You know, it's just it was so much emotion, and right. then whatever's happening with uh, with with uh, uh, Harry, and you know, obviously he's you know that's I would I if I was him, I would be crawling out of my skin knowing my daughter is in the hands of Zoom, and and these people are all trying to have lives, not helping me get my daughter from sa- you know, to safety. I would, oh, I, I can understand. I I think I, uh, you know, I don't have a kid. I don't have a daughter myself, but I can uh, feel for him more than anybody else at this point. Right. Um, what did you think? I mean, okay, so what did you think about Wally? Let's just take that part of the show right now. Well, I mean, Wally has, I guess he has, I see where he's coming from, I guess he has every right to be a dick, but he was a dick out of nowhere. You see, I don't even, I don't feel that he had every every right, because, like, his father didn't know that he existed. There's one thing to have your dad walk out on you and, right. not, and never see you, and then there's another thing to have, uh, you know, to that he knew that you existed and then you left and he never he never chased you, but he didn't know, like... Uh, his wife never said anything to him, so what, I mean, what was he supposed to do? Just you know, keep an eye out for a kid that he knows was exist. <laughs> However, I did think it was funny that he's like, "Oh, you had a kid over in Keystone, you never even knew it." And like, I'm like, Keystone is not that far away. <laughs> These people could have seen each other on a daily basis. <laughs> uh, Keystone and Central City are supposed to be twin cities. They're supposed to, like if you know what. Minneapolis and St. Paul is like, they're connected. They're right there. Uh, Kansas City on the Missouri side, Kansas City on the Kansas side are connected. It's the same city. It's just two different states. It's uh, So it's funny that Central City, they're trying to make Central City and Keystone to be this far place apart. When uh, we even seen them in earlier episodes in their first season, they went to Key- Keystone City. Right. So that's a very, uh, I thought that was just a weird part of the story lazy writing lazy writing what'd you think of uh the fact that he's a a street racer i wrote down fast and the furious (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that you know they they very much so are doing a a very much fast and the furious kind of thing with him which is uh you know wally when he uh was an adult and working for the police station he was a mechanic for the police so it's kind of you know good place that they'd make him i guess a a gearhead street racer, but right. you know, of course, he wants to go fast, so uh, you got to put him in some kind of car. Uh, I, I, it's, it's a weird thing for him to be a street racer. I think. Um, I, I don't know if you watched Smallville when it was on. No, I never did. But uh, they had uh, Super Superman Clark Kent's best friend Pete Ross in the show. Ended up become doing the same thing. He became a, kind of a street street racer, and he used uh, like uh, I think it was kryptonite in gas form to uh, basic like kind of like how you use NOS in uh, in street racing or right. you know racing in general to to go faster. And they his car would go faster because kryptonite was injected into the fuel or whatever. 
ridiculous, but that's what they would do. Yeah. Well, it wasn't called Kryptonite at the time. I think it was just called Meteor Rock because that's what they called it all the time in that show. Uh, but it's funny because the reason why they would have put that episode in Smallville would be because of the Fast and the Furious franchise, which would have been popular around that time. Right. And now the Fast and the Furious franchise is still popular <laughs> around this time, ten years later. <laughs> Actually, I think it's over ten years later. Jeez. So, that's that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's, so the whole... I really didn't feel like the the hatred for his father was, was warranted. Okay. Uh, well, okay, so then Caitlin and uh, uh, Jay... You know, uh, apparently Jay has some sickness. Right. He's ill. Uh, they didn't They didn't say what it was. Uh, Caitlin just said that she uh, took the his, his DNA sample off the cup and ran it. And she found out that he's dying. And she's, she was very upset. How could you do this to me? You knew that I had a husband that died. And you let me get close to you knowing that you're going to die. It's like... Wow, he's <laughs> dying, and you said, "How could it? How could you do this to me?" That's horrible. <laughs> you just found out. He probably doesn't even know about the z- disease he has because, I mean, he lost his power, so he doesn't know what's going on with his body. But he did. He did know that he was dying. He said okay. he knew that, but maybe he doesn't know exactly what what caused it or what's going on because they didn't say. But. You know, probably by the time he gets his powers back, they'll be able to, to cure whatever it is. Right. So, I don't know. It's That's a weird part of the story. Uh, I guess the last part would be Patty and and, and uh, Barry. Which, I I really like this, this relationship. I, of all the TV superhero relationships that are going <laughs> on right now, I thought this was the best one. And, um, of course, it finally comes to a head... You know, you you keep you keep yourself guarded. You keep yourself uh, you're keeping secrets from me, and I don't like it. And you you don't trust me, kind of thing, over and over, which happens in every superhero TV show. And I just I didn't get it because one I still don't get it. it. None of the people, none of the other people around the Flash wear a mask, and yet Barry is always seen with these same people. How do people not put it together? <laughs> I know this is coming from me, the same guy who will sit there and argue that you can't, you might not be able to tell the difference between Superman and Clark Kent. Or, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't tell that they're the same person. But when you have five people always hanging out with one person, and then that one person is replaced by another person that wears a mask, <laughs> is it a good, you know, guess that maybe the person wearing the mask is the one person that you don't see in the group right now? <laughs> Well, then she's probably a really bad detective. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, that was a that was also a thing when they when she was called detective. I was like, how did she become a detective when 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 uh, Joe made her part of his task force? She was still just an officer, right? Just because you become part of a task force doesn't make you a, a straight up detective. You're just an officer in the task force. So I thought it was interesting that um, she was very upset about that. I thought. She when she goes to talk to to Iris about about Barry being closed off and stuff, it's like you got to take into account this is a guy whose mother was killed when he was very young, and he was there when she died, and then his father was accused of the crime that he knew he didn't do and was put away for a very long time. So you think maybe he might be a little guarded with his heart, maybe he might have a little hard time opening up to people. 
these are things that you have to think about. But she did say at one point, you know, I understand that you had a hard childhood, but that's more than just a hard childhood. I mean, right. That's a that's a rough one. Yeah. Really, really rough. She cut him some slack. Yeah, exactly. She <laughs> needed to cut him some slack. But uh, uh, I, I thought it was very, very odd, very uh, strange thing. But then he wants to tell her the truth. He wants right. to tell her that he's Flash, which to me it doesn't make it okay. I can understand trying to keep your secret identity so that the people you love don't get hurt. But when the people you love still get into danger every week, even though you're not telling them your identity. Might as well just tell him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really understood that. Uh, I need to keep it a secret from you so that my enemies don't use you against me. How is telling your family that you're the, the person stop or stop other people from learning? I don't know. I never got it. I, it never made sense to me. So it, it, it this didn't make sense to me either. But she gets her acceptance from Midway University, Midway City University. She even though at when we first met her character, she says she has three degrees already from when she went to went to college because she wanted to become a cop to stop to to get Martin for killing her father. Uh, she's gonna go back to college again to get a fourth degree in what was it? Uh, I forget what she even said, but yeah, uh, it's very that's very odd to me. So, but she, I'm guessing she left because. She didn't want to have to deal with with Barry's stuff anymore. Right. Poor Barry. <laughs> Great. Are we going to get more emo mopey Barry for the next couple <laughs> weeks now that that Patty's leaving? I would. Or left. I would think so. Yeah, yeah probably it's going to happen. Maybe then Harrison Wells will be like, "Well, good. You can focus on saving my daughter then, because you know <laughs> she is being held captive by a, a psychopath." Even though, you know, Wells agreed to help Zoom? This, well, yeah. Wells agreed to help Zoom to, uh, you know, pump him up, make him more of a speedster so that uh, Zoom can have something tastier to snack on. <laughs> End of the episode. End of the episode sees the return of Professor Zoom or the reverse flash. flash. It's uh, Professor Thon in his, uh, you know, original form. Right. Uh, what time period do you think he arrived in that scene? I want to say that's probably the night where Barry's mother got killed. You know, it, it seems like it might be like that. Because um, we don't know which Zoom was in that room, right. I don't think, right? Right, we don't, we don't know. We just Actually, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been Harrison Wells because his DNA didn't match, right? Right. Yeah, so... So it would be the Thon looking Zoom. Uh, that could be that night. Um, it it could be the night. It could just be present time, right. because we knew we know from the next week's episodes that he the two of them are going to meet again. So okay, actually I didn't see. It. There was no oh that's right. Preview. The way you watch it online, it doesn't come off that way. They don't show the next week's episode. Yeah, it does show that the the two of them are going to face off against each other. So we don't know. I don't know. It could it could be either one. Very, you know, could be going to be an interesting episode next week. I hope so. <laughs> More interesting this this week. I, I hope. Yes. What do you do? You think the turtle's dead? Whatever Harrison Wells did to like shoving that thing into the into his brain. Yeah, it looked like it, man. He's just like. <laughs> And just fell over. So once again, we have more dead villains that no one's even accounting for. 
I mean, they obviously monitor the pipeline, so like, oh, this guy hasn't moved for three days. Hmm, I want... Nah, he's probably <laughs> sleeping. He's, he just used his power on himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting. I wonder what Harrison Wells will do with... Or Harry will do with that uh, piece of DNA that he, he stole from the turtle. Maybe. Uh, find a way to... Obviously like, try to find a way to use it against Zoom, but I right. wonder what he'll, he'll do. I do want to add that the Zoom story was awesomely creepy still <laughs> and just chilling that was awesome and then the monologue that uh, Wells delivered at the end of the episode was actually pretty cool too the one about uh, about uh, not having someone in your life or the one where he's just like you know he's all today I, I made this realization oh, I do whatever yeah. it takes to go get you you know good good Anything else you want to bring up about this episode? Last thing, Cisco's shirt, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember making a comment when I saw the shirt, but what was it? Um, the uh, the black bear and the white bear, and then at the bottom oh. said, "Let's make a panda." Let's make a panda. That's right. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, I think his shirts are another thing that's a, a weekly thing. Trying to find and, and see, it's uh, it's very cool. How to top? You know how to beat next? A uh, lot. The previous week's episode was shirts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go on to Arrow. What were your thoughts on this episode? I was upset that Felicity didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> because she's going to be Oracle? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's obviously she, she's not going to be able to walk. She's going to be a wheelchair. She's obviously just like, like Oracle from the comic books. I just... I, like I'm sorry. I mean, I don't think that Felicity should die. I don't think that uh, you know uh, Emily Richards, I think is her name, should should leave the show. Right. But I really don't like Felicity. I don't like the Ollie Felicity relationship. I, it to me, it doesn't it doesn't ring true. Like it's it's not Ollie to me. It's not Ollie being Ollie. It's Ollie being this. Um, kind of lovesick puppy version of Ollie, you know? Let him be happy. <laughs> he can be happy. Like, okay, if you read the comic books, the way he is with Black Canary, he is happy. He's very happy, but he's happy being right by her side fighting crime, and, and you know, he doesn't have to go and save her all the time because she's not a damsel in distress. She holds her own. If anything, right. she might end up having to save him because he shot his mouth off. I, to me, that's I mean the, the 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 dynamic between the two of them is what makes them so unique in comic books. That doesn't that's one of the reasons why they aren't Batman and and not uh, you know uh, Lois Lane. You know this is they have a dynamic that's so unique to them that is really to me is very lost. And I felt that's the relationship he had with. Sarah Lance he as did. Black Canary. He did. But not as Laurel Lance as Black Canary. She doesn't they don't have that same thing going. Nope. And I don't think they ever will. It, it really doesn't feel like it. So the and the more they keep pushing this uh Felicity Ollie relationship on me, it it, it the more it bugs me. The more it just eats away at me. So uh, Just enjoy it. Just watch it. <laughs> let it happen. Just let it wash over <laughs> me. Uh no, yeah. So I mean that's I that that was my problem with it. Um what did I mean? What house did you feel about this episode? Uh, the, there's some cool scenes, but it, it, it dragged for me. It, it was a downer, just like Flash, especially with them coming back. You know, yeah, with those two shows. These were both, yeah, they're both the uh, uh, spring season openers, I guess you want to say, but 
But uh, yeah, they were they were downer episodes. Um, it was so we brought back Arn Anarchy in this right. episode, and it's just it almost felt like it was uh, it was just a throwaway. Like his character was so non present. Like he was a a way a means to an end, basically a way to them to get to dark. Right, and, and uh, I do like the, the idea of. Of him having this infatuation with uh, with Thea, with Thea, yeah, like like he knows that he's a bad guy, and he knows that she's a good guy, and the two of them can't really be together, but he he wants to be together with her, and and uh, he he when she like hurts him, he's like yeah, hurt me kind of thing, you know, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird, but I thought it was kind of cool. So uh, that's an interesting relationship, and then the whole. We got that. Uh, I forget what the the campaign manager's name is, but she still wants to keep. It's funny she breaks up breaks up with him in the middle of the episode, and then and then at the end of the episode, it's like, oh, let's get back together, right? So I I still think, and I know we talked about this before. I still think that he's going to be like an agent of uh, of dark. No, I no. think he's going to be an agent of um, of uh, the League of Assassins. Oh, right, right. I think he's working for uh, for Merlin. Just to keep tabs on her? Keep tabs on her, maybe push her towards uh, being violent, you know? Yeah. Just like uh, just like Merlin was with the whole, here, this guy's a pedophile, you can take your bloodlust out on him. It'll be cool. <laughs> Nobody will miss him. And Diggle, Diggle going crazy on his brother, totally just beating the crap out of him to get the information. Which obviously didn't work. <laughs> no, it did not work. Uh, you know, uh he finally eventually talked to him because his his wife, you know, convinced him to do that. And he, uh, he played cards with him, you know, because it was a re- reminiscent of when they were ki- or when they were younger. Right. I, I'm pretty, I, I don't know if you remember from the beginning of the show or not. Wasn't the, the, uh, wasn't he supposed to be his older brother? Wasn't Diggles, wasn't John supposed to be the younger brother? Uh, I, I don't really remember. I feel like that's what it was and they're, they're, they're retconning it now so that he is the uh, he is the older brother. John is the older brother instead of Andy being the older brother. Oh, a few episodes passed, nobody will, or a few seasons have passed, nobody will notice yeah. this. Yeah, well, I'm well, I'm pretty sure. Then the first episode or the first season, they talk about uh, John burying his brother and being in the casket. So, uh, what was in the casket then? If if his brother wasn't dead, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that could just be me making up stuff in my head. Uh, what did you think about the tattoo glowing on on Ollie when the, in the flashback scenes? You know, I thought um, that little orb that Constantine gave, you know, to air, uh, to Ollie to have proof, you know, that right. he he got the artifact. Um, I thought, you know, it. He said it didn't have like any actual powers. It was just for decoration. He actually just needed the staff. Right. So to hold the orb and just to see the tattoo glow, I'm like, wait, that, you just something's happening here. Yeah, you know when 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 uh, John John Constantine made uh, the tattoo go from his forearm to Ollie's uh, abdomen, I just thought it was a trick. Like it was like, hey, I want to show you that the staff has has powers and what kind of powers it does. I didn't realize that the tattoo might actually have some type of. Uh, warding power or you know whatever power it's going to have uh, you know to him so it's uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what what that if that's going to do something um 
I also do think that he said uh, when once he gave him the tattoo, I think he's like, oh, you you know, this will come in handy. You'll thank me one day or something like that. Probably, yeah, you're right. So, you know, it was because it started shining or it started uh, glowing when he was being whipped. I don't know if it was because of the orb being nearby or if it, or if the orb was re- reacting to the the tattoo glowing, but. Uh, you know, wh- whichever one was the cause and whichever one was the effect is gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I think the, the stuff happening on the island is starting to be interesting again. Yeah. <laughs> About time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This season on the island has not been that interesting. Uh, other than the John Constantine episode. <laughs> you know, I also will, will say this, uh, shame on you, Ollie. You should know the consequences of your plan of setting anarchy loose. Of course he's gonna notice the fucking tracker and right? take it off of him. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, that was very, very poor on his part, but it did lead him to dark, right. which is what he wanted, I guess. So uh, he stops Lonnie. He stops Anarchy from killing the the wife and daughter. Right. And uh, for his for his actions of doing that, he got all. He got two arrows to the to the abdomen <laughs> to the side from Dark. Uh, until he said, "Oh, I saved your, I saved your wife and kids," and Dark's like, "Oh, well, then I'll let you uh, be with your family for the next couple of weeks because I'm coming for you." Yep. What I mean, uh, what did you think of it? And then the big reveal: his wife is in on it. I know. That's why I thought it was crazy too. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I, I was not expecting that. Um, so that was that was kind of a good part of this not so great episode, right? I, I, I mean, I guess he. I don't know the way you know Damien looks at the world, but I guess he just felt like he owed him, even though he kind of almost murdered Felicity. I guess, but he's like, "Yeah, I'll let fine. I'll let you live. Yeah, spend time with your family." So, very, uh, very weird episode. Uh, it ends with uh, we get the four months from now part where you know we'd already seen earlier in this episode the repeat of uh, Barry talking to Ollie in front of the gravestone. We still don't know. Whose name is written on the gravestone, but it is fresh dirt on the on the grave. And then he walks away from the grave and he gets into his limo. And who's in the limo? Felicity. Felicity. So she's obviously not in the grave. Who is in the grave? Ah, uh, uh, man. If she's upset about it, it has to be somebody that's close to her as well. Right. So I don't even know if I can say it's Officer Lance anymore. It... Yeah, see, I, it would. I still say it's Officer Lance, but you're right. I mean, I mean, it could be close because her mother is now dating. Oh, that's true. Officer Lance, so I mean, that could make her distraught, but to the point where he's like, "You need to kill him." I mean, I don't know. Is what if it's if it's her mother that's in the grave? Now, if it's her mother that's in the grave, why would Barry be there? Right. That doesn't make any sense. Diggle. If it's Diggle in the grave, I mean that could affect both of them. But I would think that Bear or Ollie would be even more like upset about it because because if you think about it, on his crusade to becoming Green Arrow, Diggle was his first ally, right? Before anybody else, he so, was the yeah. first person on his team, and then he became best friends with him. So yeah, he would be more. You're right. He would be more torn up about it. You would think. Yeah. I don't know. It's so confusing. <laughs> the showrunner did say that uh, whatever they're going to do with this villain is something that they've never done with a villain before. Really? Yeah, so maybe Damien 
gets away at the end of the season and he's going to be brought back for season five. Maybe, Maybe. season six. Yeah, we don't usually see the villains get away. <laughs> Except for Malcolm. Well, yes. Yeah, that's right. He was the, the villain in the uh, first, season. first season, so he did get away. But it seemed like he died. Right. <laughs> but he did get away. Um, anything else that you had down for this episode? Uh, no, we pretty much hit it all. Yeah, I don't think there was too much else that, uh, that I, I remember wanting to talk about. Uh, I will go over the first two episodes of Agent Carter. Okay. I assumed you didn't watch it. No. Because <laughs> you didn't catch up on Agent Carter first season over the Christmas break. <laughs> uh, okay. They had a two-hour premiere episode this past week. Um, it was episode one and episode two. This season, I think, is going to be really good. I love the, the the fact that they changed it to L.A. Not that there was anything wrong with uh, New York, but they, it, they gave it a new location. So it seems... Uh, I don't know, a little bit more bright, a little bit more sunny. Uh, she uh, has feelings for the other character, um, the other main character, David Sousa, now a chief of the LA uh, LA office of the SSR, which is the Science Strategic Reserve or something like that. Basically the precursor to S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, he, you know, at the end of last season, he asked her out on a date, and she said no, but thank you. And, you know, maybe she still had a little bit too much feelings for Cap, you know, or maybe she had, uh, you know, other things going on in her head, but she said no. Uh, this is supposed to take place take place six months later, um, and he, he asked the, LA, the New York office for some help. They sent out Peggy. And he wasn't expecting them to send out Peggy, but he asked for help, and they they came out there. Uh, we see a reemergence of the symbol that was at the end of Agent Agents of Shield Winter Finale or Mid Season Finale, I should okay. say. The, the symbol that eventually will become the Hydra symbol. Uh, we also have um, the basically. It almost seems like. Uh, a part of the meteor that uh, obelisk meteor that uh, sends people to another uh, the other planet, the planet X or whatever it's called. In in this episode of Agent Carter, they have it in the uh, plane. Uh, in the they have it in the um, L.A. office because it's it's part of an investigation. The they set up the main bad guy, so we have the the one of the bad guys from last last season, the the character of Dorothy or Dottie. She is a basically a precursor to Black Widow. She was uh, created in the same Red Room ballerina school that uh, Natasha was created in, but this is obviously uh, you know before Natasha because in this world uh, Natasha doesn't have longevity like she does in the comic books, so. Uh, basically, a person with all uh, a lady with all the same skills as as Black Widow, maybe a little bit more on the crazy side, is is the enemy is is caught by Peggy in the in the beginning of the season, uh, but she is taken away by the FBI. The FBI says that the SSR no longer has uh, uh, jurisdiction, and they're going to take her away, and it's head up by. Kurtwood Smith. I don't know if you know who Kurtwood oh, Smith wow. is. Okay, so you do know who Kurtwood Smith is. Red Foreman. Red Foreman oh, yeah. from that 70s show or uh, from Robocop, the right. uh, Boniker. So, uh, 
uh, very interesting to see him again. <laughs> and, you know, he's such a cool character actor, so I, I, I love to see him in the episode. But he's telling uh, the head of the New York office that, you know, maybe you need to... The SSR is a very much a wartime agency, and we're not in war anymore, so you need to think about maybe coming over to the FBI and stuff like that. And uh, it looks like he's going to definitely be a cog or a wrench in the gears in this coming season. Uh, and then another villain that's going to be a very big part of this season is going to be Madame Mask. Whitney Frost. She is part of the the Hollywood scene. She's an actress. She is married to a uh, man, a very prominent man in Hollywood that's running for senator of California. And uh, she is very much involved in this secret society that is all about uh, the the getting that orb or meteorite that takes people to the other planet. So uh, she has got herself um, some... She's got some uh, plans in the works, but she was involved in an explosion at the end of the episode, which uh, caused some damage to her face, which I think is going to be the reason why she starts wearing her mask, her Madame Mask mask. So very cool to see a, a character like that being used in this uh, this way in, in this show. Uh, very much a Marvel character. Um, we saw... Maybe the formation of a little bit of a more, little bit more of a team for Peggy to have. She found a scientist that she she kind of trusts. Um, she found a uh, she's got Jarvis still, which is uh, Howard Stark's you know butler, and uh, we finally saw Jarvis's wife, who is a Russian or I don't know if she's Russian or German, but she is uh, you know a German uh, immigrant that you know fell in love with. Uh, English Jarvis and they moved to America after or during the war or after the war and uh, you know they work for Howard Stark and she's she's very much not what you would think for uh, the Jarvis character to be married to she's much more uh, bold and sassy and uh, you know gives gives out tips to Peggy on what to wear and and uh, she's very accepting of, of Jarvis's uh, little uh, platitudes and inconsistent in, and uh, damn, I lost the word, but characteristics and stuff. So it's it's she's a very cool character. Um, once again, there's the love triangle because Sousa, while out in L.A., found himself someone else, a, a nurse that he fell in love with, and looks like he's going to ask to marry. But she, Peggy, is very much now in love with him now that she hasn't been around him and she was going to you know try and confess maybe confess her love or whatever you want to say you know ask him to go out on a date but now she knows he's with someone and she's she's trying to play it off as oh I'm very happy for you so we'll see that's obviously a love triangle that's going to have to play out because what do we do in comic book movie TV shows love triangles (laughs) I hate you Twilight (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's pretty much everything for that. The first two episodes that's that's of importance. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited for this season. Um, it looks like it's playing directly into Agents of Shield, and then uh, whether or not Agents of Shield is going to be self-contained or play into Marvel or uh, Civil War is is up up in the air. But I can see it. I can see it doing that. Okay. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. We can get on to. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, which 
I, I think we talked about this before we started recording. I enjoyed thoroughly. Yeah. Such an incredible show. So much money had to have been put into this first pilot episode. The production value on it, the you know, the the special effects, all of it just looked amazing. Nothing looked cheesy whatsoever. No, no, not at all. Um that uh that opening scene or uh well not the future scene but the scene with uh with Palmer looked awesome when he was inside the computer. Right, he was inside yeah, inside the computer and, and then he blesses out of it. That was pretty cool. You know, he, he shows that he can he knows how to fight, and he knows he knows how to hold his own. Um it's funny we had we had Ollie in this episode but we didn't see Flash. You know, I would think they would use both of them to try and tie it into both shows, but they didn't not. have him on there. I, were any of the characters? Oh yeah, the Firestorm is from from Flash, right? So that would have it would have been make sense. It would have made sense to have them in in that episode or had him in that episode. Uh, what, so what do you think of the team? Go ahead and uh, spout off the the lineup there. <laughs> so we have Firestorm, uh, we have Captain Cold. Um, I can't remember the, the Heat Wave. Oh, Heat Wave, and then we have White Canary, and we have the Atom. We have the Adam, and we have the Hawks. Oh, yeah, Hawk. And Rip Hunter. Rip Hunter. So, uh, basically, Rip Hunter we, we well, starts off in the future, 2166. There's, it's London, places being overthrown, battle. Uh, Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage is going to be our big enemy for this, big villain for this show. Uh, at least that's what we've been told. Right. And... Uh, he is a, he is he's come to uh, rule the earth now in 2166 and he kills a lady that's guarding her child and then he says child you know you you have a lot of your mother in you you're very brave and the child spits right in his face which was I was like that's incredible he goes oh apparently you not a lot not enough of your mother so then he shoots the kid too right in the face <laughs> <laughs> And then we see Rip Hunter talking to the Time Council, saying, look, you know, we need to go back, we need to stop Vandal Savage from coming into power the way he has. And Time, count, time Council, which I think very makes a lot of sense, they said, look, we're not here to stop people from doing what they do, we're here to stop people from corrupting the timeline, from changing it. Uh, what you want to do is the very thing that we're against. You want to go back and change time. And he goes... And he's like, yeah, but we, we need to stop evil when we see it. If he becomes the 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 high overlord that he's becoming, there won't be any time left for us to 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 watch over, which you know makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, you know, I felt um, the time council was were pretty much like the guardians of Oa. Very much so. We had some kind of way, and well, you know, they were there very much that. And then you can also see that the whole Time Masters is which they they call themselves the Time Masters, and uh, uh, Rip Hunter uh, being a Time Master. It's all very much uh, Doctor Who, <laughs> right? Yeah, with the Time Lords and him being the Doctor, Rip Hunter being the Doctor. And yeah, I guess you, I guess in interviews you could you find out uh, interviews with Andrew Kreisberg. He said. He's a very huge Doctor Who fan, so I think you're going to see a lot of uh, that influence in the in the show. I did get on this episode, and I've never seen Doctor Who, but I know what it's about, <laughs> so that's... Very cool. So they have picked up. Uh, so uh, then we see um, Rip Hunter going around picking up his these these heroes or legends that he, he wants to be part of his team. 
do you find it odd that he only he picked everybody he picked came from 2016? <laughs> a little. I mean, isn't that weird just to pick from that one year? <laughs> but I mean, you later on in the episode, his true intentions were revealed. True, right? Okay, so I mean, we we don't need to keep it. We everybody knows that if you haven't watched these episodes yet, you shouldn't be listening to this because we spoil everything. <laughs> But, uh, yes, he said, he tells them that, he initially tells them that, uh, you know, you guys aren't, aren't heroes from where I'm from. You, you're legends. You've, you've all become greatness and, you, you know, you go on to save the world many times over. But then later on you find out that he's, they're not. They're he's all people that <laughs> are either forgotten by time or didn't make enough of an impact to actually register on the history books. So he just... He uh, he grabbed people that he felt were insignificant, and that's who Adam and Black, White Canary and uh, Ice or Ice Man, <laughs> Captain Cold and Heat Wave and Firestorm all all are in the Hawks, which is uh, very very disheartening because throughout the whole episode, which I really felt bad, like the Adam Ray Palmer is sitting there constantly like I need to be great, I need right. I need people to remember me, I've. I, people thought I died, and yet no one cared. Cared, yeah. You know, which to me, it was cool for the show, but I, I feel that was you're you're really doing a disservice to the Ray Palmer character from the comic books because he would never feel that way. Right. He would never be in it for the glory or want people to remember him. Ray Palmer, to me, in the comic books, is very much the same as uh, Mister Fantastic in in uh, Marvel U. He's in it for science. He wants to. He wants to, to to discover things. He wants to be there at the at the brink of science. But uh, this this version of uh, the Atom is more Tony Stark. He wants to be the, <laughs> he wants to be there f- for people to remember him. He wants to you know they had the joke at one point that he he had he had taken taken Doctor Stein's class and. Stein didn't even remember him. He, I don't remember you. <laughs> I don't remember you being in my class. And he's like, "You were my favorite teacher," <laughs> you know. And he's talking, and, and he constantly calls him Mister Palmer. And he's like, "It's Doctor Palmer." You know, <laughs> I, to me, I, I felt a little disservice to the character, but I know what they're doing, so it's okay for me. Uh, I can live with it, but uh, yeah, man, that that was a little bit heartbreaking. Just to you know, be like, all right, what are your true intentions? What are you planning on doing? And then he spills the beans. And how were how how were your feels with the whole uh, son of uh, Shaira and and uh, Carter, the two uh, Hawks, Hawkman and Hawkwoman? They they have a son out there that ends up being older than them and dying in their hands, in their arms. Ah, uh, dude, that was just. That was that was tough. Man. I mean, for a character that they literally just—I mean, these are two characters that the only other time we've ever seen them was in uh, the Flash crossover. Flash, yeah, Flash Green Arrow crossover, and uh, then all of a sudden they're on this show, and you go—they go back to 1975 to meet a guy who's supposedly an expert, the only expert on Vandal Savage, and the reason he's the only expert on Vandal Savage because he is the son of the reincarnated version of them at that point in time. So he he dedicated his life. He's basically Batman from 1945 <laughs> or 19, you know, 25. Right after I think they said World War 1. Yeah, right after World War 1, they they adopted him and you know, when he was 10, they were killed by Vandal Savage and 
he was off to fend for himself, so he became a professor. He, he, he dedicated his life to studying the the, the mystery of uh, the Hawks and Vandal Savage, and he has all this information, and that, that, that book that he gives them is going to be obviously very detrimental to where they travel and what time they travel to when they uh when they're they're traveling through time to find Vandal Savage. Right. Uh, it um I mean And then you have feels for him. I yeah. mean, he he literally is only in the episode for 10 15 minutes and he dies and you're like, "Oh, yeah, yep. that's so hard." <laughs> and then Rip Hunter's like, "We got to go now. What about what about the professor? He's like, "We'll leave him." He's like, "We're not going to go anywhere right without my son." Yeah. Like she instantly felt like a connection to him. So very cool. Um, you know, once once again, uh, oh, Doctor Stein, Victor Garber, you know, had he like okay, so like in the Flash when you have um, uh, Joe West, the actor who plays Joe West, the Green, right, Martin Green, I think this uh, is his name, I, maybe. Uh, either way, he's the legitimacy in the show. He's the actor, the really good actor in that show. That I think brings a lot of legitimacy. Grant Gustin can get you to feel, you know, a lot, but a lot of times Joe can get you to yeah. feel. So I think Victor Garber, being a very well trained actor, is also the legitimacy of this show to a point that, you know, his little speech to Jefferson Jackson of, I don't know how many more adventures I have left in my life. Yeah, you know? dude. I, I, I needed to do this so that. So that I can feel a little bit alive again, you know, to bring me back to my youth. You have your whole life ahead of you. I'm on the downswing, you know. And that was very, I was like, wow, you know, that's, how how could Jefferson Jackson say no to that? I know. He's like, yeah, you're right. I guess I shouldn't be a selfish dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, and, you know, he's like, you're running out there to, sit, you know, get back into the ship. He's like, you still have a lot of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and he was he was right. He's like even even the two villains, air quotes that I'm throwing up there. You know, Heat Wave and I, and Captain Cold. I keep trying to call him Ice Cold. Uh, <laughs> Captain Cold. You know, were risking their lives against Kronos when uh, they they knew that uh, the only person that was in danger was Jefferson. Right, and he he points it out. He's like, these guys tried to save me. How could I not go go on this adventure now? Right. What did you think of them calling Boba Fett? <laughs> <laughs> no, you brought up a good point. I liked it only because it was a Star Wars reference, but I get your point. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I thought it was funny too. It's a good line. It's it's very creative. They have oh, I leave for we leave for go get a drink, and you're already here fighting with Boba Fett. But they had no idea that he was a bounty hunter. He was just a a guy in a suit. Like the other the other people knew that he was a bounty hunter because they were there when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> Or when uh, when Rip Hunter said that to them, but there's no way they could have known that he said that. And he doesn't look anything like Boba <laughs> Fett. He doesn't have a jetpack. He doesn't have Mandalorian out or armor or a cape or a cape. So <laughs> I don't know. It was a funny line, but it's unwarranted. So it's just kind of lazy writing again. Oh, um, so Rip Hunter, uh, his spaceship has Gideon. Weird, right? Not not voiced by the same actress though. If you noticed, yeah, I noticed the pitch was a little bit softer on this one. Yeah, yeah, it is because it's the in the Flash, it's voiced by um, Marena Backrin, who is uh, Leslie Tompkins on Gotham. Oh, and she's also going to be in Deadpool movie as Deadpool's Copy wife. Cat. Yeah, so uh, when she uh, 
obviously, I guess they didn't get her to do the voice for Legends of Tomorrow. It might even be a different version of Gideon because he's obviously further down in the in the in the future timeline. But right. It was interesting to have Gideon there again. I know. So I was like, did did you steal this from Barry? Because obviously Barry built the first Gideon that right. we see in the Flash. So. <laughs> I you know I thought there would there was a good a good chance for them to have Skeets be in there because when they when Gideon was first in, introduced in the Flash TV show it very much reminded me of Skeets I don't know if you know Skeets the robot is a uh, part of Booster Gold comic books oh, okay uh, since he's from the future he has a computer that comes with him that tells him uh, basically like he's a living library that tells him what happened in what point in time so huh. he's like oh well. Mr. B- Mr. Gold, there's going to be a big tragedy that happens at this place at this time, so you might want to be there to save people. So that's kind of what Gideon is, you know. Okay. They, she has information that hasn't happened yet. They have yet to use it that way. Yep. But they, she does have information like that. Um, but Gideon, I mean, Gideon in the in the the time ship is going to be uh, probably more of their navigator and telling them where they're at and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I would say the roofie line was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you know, that was funny that... Very bold of them to do a roofie joke with, you know, the the height of the Bill Cosby scandals going on right now. Uh, that was very interesting. You know, I could, he said, I didn't roofie him, I just (laughs) drugged him. And he's like, what do you think that is? So, uh, very interesting to see where, uh, or to, to see that they did that. Um, they also, uh, you know, uh, another, I guess, controversy thing is, you know, with the whole, um, same, I guess, same sex couples and, you know, how when they were in the bar, Sarah was like, oh, you like, you know, you're not my type, but your girl over there, she is. <laughs> very true. 1975. It's not as open as we are now, and now we aren't even as open as we should be. <laughs> so, uh, 1975, yeah, that was very interesting, and I think we're going to play that out a lot more as as we've seen in earlier uh, uh, articles and uh, stuff. They said that she, there is going to be a love interest for uh, Sarah Lance, um, and it's it's played by a female. So we'll see where that happens. Lots of good stuff on this episode. Uh, very good episode. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Uh, you know, it plays out like an adventure. This is a uh, TV version of the Justice League, if you want. You know, and the, with time travel, <laughs> with time travel and and murder mystery and all kinds of cool stuff. Period pieces where people are going to be in costume. That's what I thought was funny. Is the, they first stepped out of the the uh, the ship and they went to go look for the professor. Uh, none of them changed into any clothes that would be appropriate for the time. I know. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I could get like, like some of their clothing could pass cause it's just like jackets and stuff like that, but it still would look a little weird. Right. And then Sarah is like, Oh, let's go out and get a drink. I have the perfect outfit. I was like, Oh, she's going to get some clothes that would fit for this. No, she went and got her white canary outfit, which totally doesn't look like it belongs here. <laughs> so that was weird. Yeah. Interesting <laughs> little, you know, decisions here and there. Yeah, interesting decisions. So, uh, anything else you want to say? I'm excited. That's all I can say. I, we've been saying this since I think the beginning, beginning of our show. Yeah, that we've been excited for this show to come out. So uh, I'm glad that it's here. Got I'm, to see it. <laughs> I'm glad that I hope that it's just good episodes from here on out. Same here. Anything else? 
Uh, no. You don't have anything else written down. Okay. Well, that's what uh, we have for this week, folks. What did you think? What do you think that we had to say? What What did you have to say about these shows? Did you watch some of them and thought uh, we totally missed the mark? Uh, I would love to hear what you have to say. So give us a shout-out on uh, on uh, Geek Elite Radio Facebook. GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. At Geek Elite Radio is our Twitter handle. You can come on there, you know... Big news for this week, we have hats. If you, yes. If you, li- if you like sporting a ball cap and you want to uh, you know, support Geek Elite Radio, we have hats. They're only $30. You, you, you message us and we can get you the, um, we'll get you the hat and, and, uh, and ship it to you. So you get out there. You know, I, I like it. I think they're, they're cool looking. I think they're cool looking too. <laughs> Saw the notification on Facebook. I was like, holy shit, we have hats now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Aaron is working. He has his own, uh, Aaron Berrigan of Standard Definition and Geek Elite Radio has his own leather working uh, outfit called Mobius. And he's thinking about making some Geek Elite merchandise through there too. So That'd be awesome. Definitely check him out on Facebook. Now... Uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, it's at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Uh, you can drop me a line, talk to me at any t- any time. I will definitely have a conversation with you. If you have something you want to talk about these TV shows, if you want to talk about comic books, you know anything in general, movies coming up, I am there. Daniel. At Daniel Von Helvetz. On Twitter, and he is also there almost as much as I am, and I think uh, it would be a great, you know... If you want to talk to him, you have some opinions on how what he has to say. You know, it'd be a great place to, to talk to him. I don't bite. <laughs> I, I want to talk to all the followers, all the fans. So, uh, it, great! I think uh, we had a great time this week, and I hope that everybody else can uh, keep up with the show watching that we are. Um, but until next time, this has been Televised Heroics on the Geekly Radio Network, and we're saying. Geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.